Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I'm excited to welcome Dimity Powell. She writes for children because she believes being a kid is one of the coolest things you can be. She's author of picture books, including her 2022 release, This Is My Dad, and she is one of the many moving parts of Kids Book Review. Welcome, Dimity. So good to finally have you on the Words and Nerds podcast. Absolutely. A pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Danny. I can't believe I haven't been on here a lot sooner either, but that's what you get when you're busy, busy women, right? That's it. Two busy women carving out some time to talk about books. Doesn't get better than that. So I want to hear about your picture book of this year that was released this year. This is my dad. Tell me about this book. This is actually one of my favourite new releases picture books Danny um, and not just because it's mine I worked with EK publishers on this one as you know and it's my third publication with them um, they are not only a dream to work with but also the illustrator is again the one I've taken with me since the first two books and that's Nikki Johnston um, the book was itself has been many years in the making in fact it began long before COVID did way back in 2017 when I was actually quite ill with the flu and I was doing all my books week visits and I was getting as you do you listen to what the librarians say when you visit each school and their recommendations and they offer suggestions why don't we have this this idea in a picture book we don't see enough of this certain thing and of course that always gets the juices um, ebbing and flowing in an author's mind and that's where this idea for this is my dad was spawned Um, why don't we have more books that feature boys who come from unconventional family setups and dynamics there might be you know only one parent why is there only one parent what is the nature of that single parenting situation and so forth so that's where the idea came from it did take a long time to percolate and actually um, develop into the book that you see today but I'm very very proud of it and yes we launched it earlier this year in April Wow, it sounds really excited, exciting, and I love kids' books that really touch on important issues while they still remain fun and accessible, but, you know, they can touch on important things as well. I think that's really important. Now, you've got another book coming out in 2023. I'm not sure how much you can tell me about it, but what can you tell us? Not a lot, except for I think it's going to make a lot of little people happy, which is what you want to do with a picture book, right? Um, and it is, I can reveal, the second adventure, the second episode in Pippa's life. And um, those of you that have seen some of my work, especially in schools and uh, workshop presentations, it does involve a certain little grey-feathered bird, and that is Pippa. And the kids were so enamoured by Pippa's first adventure, setting off into the big wild blue yacht 
Yonder, they kept in, um, creating stories of their own and saying, well, why don't we use this? Why can't she do this? And, of course, again, that gets all the juices ebbing and flowing. And um, between Andrew and ourselves, there were a few more episodes we had in mind. We convinced our lovely publishers at Ford Street Publishers to do the second episode and I have it on good authority Andrew has just completed all the illustrations so we are hoping for a 2023 publication release I uh, can't give you the exact date yet but this one features on some rather new feckless kind of family members so it's quite exciting a lot of kids will really really um, relate to it I think because it's what happens when someone else is introduced into the family and they are no longer number one. Oh, that's very interesting. We yeah. love the people. Uh, we love our friends at Ford Street Publishing, Paul and Meredith. So um, I, I went to see a book launch that John Larkin had for them earlier in the year. So it was really nice to be in their yes. space. Mm. Lovely, yeah. Now, to that. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Tell you exactly when it's going to be. I don't even know if I'll make it down to Melbourne again this time um, around the launch date. But if I can, I'm there for sure. I'll Absolutely. Yeah, well, make sure you keep me posted so I, I can maybe be there too. I, I often oh, visit yeah. Melbourne. So now yes. I've heard a lot now with both of your picture books that you have got an external inspiration from either librarians or kids or things that are missing. Is that where you get your main inspiration from the external world? Yeah, it's a tricky thing because I'm probably like you, Danny, like a lot of authors as well, we have more ideas than our small brains can actually um, <laughs> handle and to capture all the time. It's what we then do with them that, you know, is ends up as the, the final product. And sometimes that's very overwhelming. So to sort of counterbalance that, when I am out and about, I do take heed. Um, not only are we gathering more information, but I listen to what is actually wanted or maybe needed on a bookshelf. And I don't always write to that. In other words, I don't like to be too prescriptive. I don't want to say, oh, yes, he said, you know, we should do a story about a dog with wings just because that was said. However, if that idea sort of um, ignites a little spark in my head about something that I can relate to as well or that I feel is actually important, then I go away, sit quietly. If I can hear the character telling me his or her story, then I think it's important to write it. And that's where when I do write them and they they seem to come more organically and more naturally like that. So whilst I never force a story, yes, I do listen to recommendations. Um, sometimes it's quite frightening, like for the recommendation or the suggestion of at the end of Hollywood Lane, that of course stemmed from the need to have more mainstream picture books addressing quite big fears um, centred around domestic or family violence. And I went away thinking, you can't do things like that that's just there's a reason why and squeeze into 32 pages but the other side of me is I really do enjoy that challenge I find that also part of the creative impetus to keep going with writing so when you couple all those things together that's when the story is born it's mm, really interesting all of that and it's interesting where creatives get their um, inspiration from you know and it's hard to sort of really clarify and go yes this is where I get it from so I think just being part of the world you get it from everywhere you do indeed I think it's um uh, this works for me I tell this to my kids in in writing workshops as well and I truly believe in this um that you know 
we have this conception that we get our great ideas from imagination, but that's kind of an elusive term for me. Well, what is imagination? Where does it come from? And you know, one of the guys that's almost as well known as as you and I, Danny, and you know his name probably Andy Griffith. You know, he mentioned once that imagination, when you split it down the middle, it's all the image it's all the experiences it's all your life knowledge and maybe frames of reference that you've gathered from every kind of your own workplace or your own bedroom and then you have them in your memory chest if you like I call it a big treasure chest and that's what I dip into regularly to where you know where I get inspiration from and it's actually big building on those experiences those memories those images if you like and developing them, letting them evolve in really creative, bizarre, funky new ways, that to me is the essence of imagination and mm. I do source most of my, um, you know, ideas from and storylines from. One kid asked me recently in a workshop, um, is there, are all these books about you? Are you in all these books? I thought that was a, an amazing question and I short answer is yes. You know, <laughs> these aren't my stories. These aren't of me but I think if we reflect on how we write as authors even as kids authors there's a little bit of us in a nearly every different story or maybe even you know every different character and um I think if we dig deep enough we'd all have to admit that yeah it's kind of yeah. nice it is Absolutely. for me anyway. <laughs> no, it is. I, I totally agree with you. Now, I want to talk about picture books. I think picture books are magical because I think they're time capsules of when you're reading to your kids and they remind you of these special moments. So why picture books for you? Well, um, for the very same reasons you've just listed there, I find them um, the elixirs of life. I think it's like it literally is to me like reading War and Peace. There's so many nuances and layers um, and you've got the beautiful marriage of visual literacy and and verbal narrative as well um, you can dance a picture book you can sing a picture book you can act out a picture book you can most importantly share a picture book so from that creative side of it I love what picture books how far they can reach um, to any age Danny like you know yep. 99 year olds can share them with babies that can't even sit up yet. Um, but from a creator's point of view, I also find them challenging because of all those reasons as well. Um, you know, I find it much more liberating to be able to write even a short story when I do those or a small chapter book. But to write a picture book, um, it's it's like distilling your birth, your favourite alcoholic drink, yeah. you know, into a <laughs> tiny bottle. And I think there's this joy and there's also a good challenge in that. And um, what job doesn't come without a challenge to keep us interested and motivated? So, yeah, there's several reasons why, but I do love them. They're my favourite genre. Yeah, no, I agree. I just think there's so many beautiful things about a picture book. Now, you've been published by um, a range of publishers that you sort of established at the beginning of the conversation. What are the challenges and advantages of this for you as an as a writer? Well, to straight off the bat, look, I, I have been the majority of my publications with UK Books, and I do enjoy that because it's an easy relationship. They get me, I get them. Um, but having said that, I do really like um, dipping into other publishers as well, mainly because I think that's healthy. I think it's also it. Um, 
it really tests you as an author to be able to work with different people. I mean, if we had office jobs and we were, uh, uh, many of us do, but I no longer work full-time outside of authoring, um, but I still present, I still go to different places. You have to bend and work with different people, a lot of different people, and I think that's life. So, yeah, for me, it's a healthy experience. I enjoy it. Um, for most of the part, um, all the publishers that I've been with, they're quite collaborative. They're all Australian so far. So I find that really invigorating. I love that because it is a creative thing, that endeavour that we're all part of. It is a process and most of them involve you. And I, I love that involvement. I always try not to be too precious. Once, you know, I give the manuscript over, I do like sit back and I will listen to but I love it when I'm asked for my opinion and I can inject little things because I've been doing it for a long time now and I, I my love for picture books is so pure I do have an understanding of them I love learning more but I love to be able to contribute as well mm. so I find that very very rewarding and the more I can do that with various people the my abilities I think and my knowledge as well Mm, absolutely. I love all of that. Now, you are one part of Kids Book Reviews. Um, now, it's an all-women team, I believe. How did this emerge and what was your what was your purpose when you first started this? Well, it, as you may recall, several now, um, the great Tanya McCartney was the founder for and chief and editor, which she still is for site she built it up from nothing it is still best um visual sites in the world for kids lit reviews which we're very proud of um we ran a very tight sharp team then um since i took over as the managing editor I, it's basically my baby and she lets me nurse it and nurture mm -hmm. it however i like which is great um i've expanded the team because what i have found danny is that in, we demand a lot. Kids' book, as you're probably aware, is very high quality. It's very high standards. We have a very high turnover. At one stage, we were offering up to three posts and reviews per day. Wow. We've pulled back a little bit since COVID because, as you know, everybody was suffering a lot and we all had our own little balls. We were madly juggling in the air and I didn't want to make kids' book reviews view a ball that nobody could keep in the air any longer so I've relaxed that a little bit but we have a fantastic team I just have to slightly correct you yes we are a dynamic all-female team I've got <laughs> two reviewers there's even one over in the UK which she's a phenomenal in her own right this god that reviews and writes and wins rewards and gets published everywhere um but I have recently recruited a brand new member and he does happen to be of the other gender <laughs> and his name is Brenton Cullen and you might know him around the traps he's an absolute devotee of kids um literature as well so we look forward in the new year to seeing more from Brenton also absolutely and I look forward to that as well so the question I always asked him and I've really loved this chat I think you know in this short amount of time we've really traversed across a lot of interesting things across the industry which you know we obviously love so much but tell me why do you write oh well just end on a really simple question Danny just a two-minute answer yeah that's <laughs> it really simple question not deep <laughs> I write because I have something to say and people who listen to me will go, yes, well, she never shuts up. But it's more than that. It's you want to share an experience 
in a hope that you can purvey some kind of not only entertainment and magic, but also, and I mean this in the very um, non-profound kind of ways, but some sort of transform transformative message. When I read myself, that's what I love to hear. I, you know, I love to be able to laugh and cry and be entertained, but most importantly, be absorbed and somehow come out on the other side of the experience, a little change, just like our heroes are, or just like our main characters are. And I think that is my main motivation to write even for kids. I do like to fly with dragons and all that. Yes, of course. I do like to be a kid. And, of course, I think you'll agree, as we get older in life, we tend to forget that our, you know, mechanical being are wearing out and in my head I'm still a kid I'm still at least a very young adult and my body forgets that sometimes but I don't and I think that's why I write is to keep that spirit alive and to share that with others as well and to you know I remember as as a kid um you know when you read something for the very first time when you're young it's it has a crystallizing effect yeah. It can stay with you forever if it's done the right way and, and it impacts on you the right way. And I know that some of my writing, all of our writing and our stories, at some point will affect even just one child like that. Then I feel that I've done my job and it's more than a job that it becomes, you know, a joy. So that's why. Mm, that's a beautiful answer. And I love how you said that every time we read something and absorb something, which is true, we are slightly changed by it. And that's what I love about any type of art. You know, you go and see a piece of art that really resonates with you and you do, you feel somewhat changed after it. Now, I think that's a beautiful way to end because, you know, that's the power of art and writing and books is, is you're, you're actually a different person when you come out the other end. I think it's the power of storytelling, Danny, yep, because absolutely. if I could speak better, I'd write songs, but I'm not Tay-Tay, so um, <laughs> this is why I'm still writing picture books instead. That's the short answer. I've seen Danny. <laughs> well, next time, next time we'll do a bit of karaoke on the podcast. Fabulous. Okay, let me that. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Junie. I feel like that was a really nice chat about the industry and... Um, you know, address a lot of topics and we can see your passion for KidLit, which I share. So thank you so much for your time. No worries at all. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Danny.